So, yes. So we're in, a new, uh, we're in the middle of a series, 40 Days of Hope, and we've been using the image of an anchor to represent hope because the scriptures say this, this hope we have, let's get the scripture up there, this hope we have as an anchor to the soul. Say that out loud with me. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Okay, so over the last few weeks, this is part four, over the last few weeks, for those that are visiting today for the first time, my name is John, I'm the pastor here, and uh, you're jumping right midstream into a wonderful um, a wonderful uh, truth that our God is the God of hope, no matter what your situation is. And I've given you, for the last few weeks, we've repeated over and over and over, the five anchors of hope. So what I'm going to do is this. Before we show them, I want to see who's been listening. So if you're visiting here today for the first time, I apologize. You probably won't be able to participate in this. For those of you who have been here, the first five people right now who text me at this phone number, the five anchors of hope, the ushers will rush a $5 gift card to you from Starbucks. So do it right now. Here we go. Don't waste time. Just the five Ps. That's your clue. Five Ps. Just send me the five Ps right now to that phone number. And the first five people who text me, the five P's, is going to get a $5 gift card to Starbucks. Come on. Oh, there's one. Let's see who just... Oh, Andy Balin. All right. One, two, three, four, five. Andy, raise your hand right back. He gets a $5 gift card. Oh, here comes another one. Uh, let's see. Andy, uh, Eric Tholander. Let's see what Eric says. Eric... One, two, three, four. He misspelled one. Does that count? Okay, Eric gets one. Okay, who came? Oh, but here they come. Here they come. Boom, boom. Jerry Demink. Whoop, I'm sorry. That one went by too fast. Jerry Demink. Let's see if he's got one. Okay, one. Uh, oh, and he gives me scriptures. He should get a bonus. Two. Uh, Oh, and a song. Oh, my gosh. All my notes. Three. Yes, he gets one. Okay. All right. So, Jerry. Okay. Who came after Jerry? Uh, okay. Oh, my gosh. This is okay. Here comes Phil. Because if somebody, hey, if somebody got in before you, but they don't get the answers right, you're, you're in queue. Okay. So, we've got, uh, okay. This is Phil Williams. One, two, three, four, five. Phil Williams gets a gift card. How many do we have left here? You know what I love about this? Not ladies, I love you, but you know what? Ladies usually lead the spiritual charge. These are all guys. We got some men of God in the house. Oh, okay. So, so far we've got Andy, Eric, Jerry, Phil, Lewis Morse, the next one. Let's see. Oh, let's see if he, no, he gave me P, 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 P. Fail. Complete fail. Jeff and Marsha Brown in the back, and we're going to give Marsha the credit for this. One, two, three, four, five. Marsha. All right. Okay, let's go see who else they'll give an attempt. Oh, this is awesome. This is encouraging. Okay, so somebody without a name. Uh, okay, uh, I don't know who that is. Seven three four. Who's got a seven three four area code? Who is that? All right. Great. Yes, you got it. And Jake, where's Jake? Jake's in the back, and Jake got it. I love it. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, Chiquita gave you the information, right? Okay. All right. And uh, Bruce uh, has nothing. Okay. All right. And who's uh, three eight two nine nine? That's back there. All right. Okay. So Chris, was that? No, Ashley. All right. Okay. Fail. All right. Ashley's not a fail. And then Kobe nailed it. No. What? Wait a minute. Kobe. Uh, no. He says, please and thank you is number one. People, number two. Problem, number three. Pineapples, number four. And parking. That would not be... That would not be... Daryl Lee Hamilton texts me a photo of the PowerPoint with all of them on it. That is so good. 
Jesse Winkler nails it. Okay, we've got, who's 805, 291? Okay, uh, right, oh, right here, all right, hey, new people are nailing, okay, we got all sorts, we got all sorts, okay, uh, uh, we got two more, so I'll, I'll do this and we're going to, okay, so, uh, who is 805-291? Okay, again, oh, did I just do that one? And then Chris Larkin says, uh, promises, uh, okay, this is too long, you get credit, okay, Bob Mester says, go Bucks. Woo! Yeah. And if you are a Ohio State Buckeye, you will understand. OH! All right, here we go. The five anchors of hope. Let's say them out loud together. Here we go. The promises of God, prayer to God, the presence of God, the people of God, and the proclamation of the good news of God is the hope we give to a hopeless world. The big idea to, so today we are going to pluck out and focus on one of these anchors in our lives, your life, and that is the people of God. These are the five anchors God gives to you and I to anchor ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ in a hopeless world. We are to be the most hopeful people on the planet. We are connected to the God of hope. All this is temporary. All of this is temporary. Hope is eternal because our God is eternal and one day we will be with him in heaven forever. So this is all secondary. But in the earth, one of the greatest witnesses we have to a lost and dying world is that we are filled with hope in the midst of a hopeless situation like Hope's blog. My wife, who she's, for those who don't know who that was, that beautiful, gorgeous creature, there's my wife. Her name's Hope. And when she went through cancer, people were asking her for updates, and she thought, I'll just do a blog, and I'll give a report. But she doesn't like attention. She doesn't like being the center of attention. She did that just for logistics, and she had over 10,000 hits on her blog on people that were saved, non-saved, CEOs of corporations, uh, heads of uh, people in the university where she goes to San Diego State University in the Ph.D. program, uh, stay-at-home moms, working dads. I mean, all over the map, people, she is such an excellent writer. And we are going to make a book out of it because it deserves to be a book. But you can go read her blog and watch her journey through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Great example to us all of how she did that. And um, so that is at uh, caringbridge.org. You don't remember. Caring Bridge. Go to Caring Bridge and put in Hope Etor and you'll get her. You'll be able to read her blog. So the big idea today is you need the people of God. And the people of God need you. Both of those are true. You were not designed by God, designed by God. You were not designed by God to live life alone. You can't do it. You won't succeed. You certainly won't become all that God's created you to be. You need people. Now, for some of you who have a real hard time with that, you maybe don't believe it. Maybe you feel like, no, I'm doing fine just by myself. That's, again, the person I call is well-adjusted. Uh, you, you have a chip on both shoulders, right? It is well-balanced. A person that says, I don't need people is somebody who has either is incredibly arrogant, which I don't believe that of any of you, or you've just been hurt, and so you just want to isolate. But you'll never fulfill your destiny in isolation. Do you know who else needed people? You guys are all so smart. Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, asked for help. Look at this scripture. And he, Jesus, told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Do not feel bad. Do not feel like a failure if you need help and ask for it. We all need help. All of us need help. Like all the time. The most humble thing and the most godly thing and the smartest thing you can do is learn to ask for help. Uh, Not to overemphasize my wife this morning, but uh, we are now famous. Because this is uh, 
a newspaper that has a circulation of at least five million. It's the Ramona Sentinel. For those that you don't, uh, don't know where Ramona is, it's... You just, you just go to the fifth mailbox and take a right. And then, and then pass, pass the cows on the left-hand side. And so Ramona's right up the hill here. That's where we live. It's a town of about 20,000. And our family, nice big picture of our family in the, and in like two pages on just us. All because of me. And uh, so Hope is the keynote speaker for the Relay for Life uh, up there. She was last year. She is again this year. And so it's a, um, a, a spread on our family. It's beautiful. And um, so Hope says this in, this, um, in her interview. She said, it says, she survived breast cancer, a fabulous woman. Quote, Hope says, through this I discovered something. I need people. Hope said, I've kind of always been someone who believed I could ultimately care, take care of myself. But this journey helped me realize that we were all created to be interdependent. And when we don't accept love and help from others, we cheat ourselves. This is one of my favorite scriptures because I went through a time in my life, which I won't talk about today, simply for time's sake, because I have a lot of other things to share uh, this scripture God gave to me when I went through a valley of the shadow of death and a lot of my friends, I thought my friends turned away, but there were some key people who did not turn away and some who drew near to me and God gave me this scripture. The Lord is for me among those who help me. See, I would say probably, you know, we're a supernatural church and God does supernatural things without the help of people. Rarely. Probably over 90% of the prayers that you pray, they're going to be answered. God is going to send somebody. And when you stiff arm people or say no thank you, you've just said no thank you to God. It's really true. We were uh, praying today in pre-service prayer. And uh, Kirsten, who was up here earlier, one of the gifts that she has is God will put pictures in her imagination her mom has the same gift. And it's that picture. She didn't know. She had a picture when she walked into prayer. And we were praying about something that didn't relate to the picture that was in her imagination. She said, hmm, I wonder what this is for. Then we shifted the prayer and we started praying about. Um, I just spontaneously started praying. God, help those today as we focus on the people of God. Help those who have a hard time asking for help. Whether it's pride. Whether it's fear. Or, well, there's not wanting other people to be inconvenienced for literal me. Help break that down and annihilate it today. Because they are missing God. They're missing you, God, and the barriers they put up of receiving and asking for help. And Kirsten said, now I know what the picture is. So, Kirsten, will you come and share that picture real quick? Because you would do a better job than me because you got the picture I didn't. Okay, so I've got to do that. There we go. So I saw a picture of a line of pack mules, and each mule was um, in front of the other, and, and so it was just a, a steady line, and each one was roped together, tethered together, and we were going up, we, we are all pack mules, we're going around um, this huge mountain, and there were cliffs, and there were rocks on one side, and I just saw that the the burdens that each mule was supposed to carry had been evenly distributed. And then I also saw that there were moments where some had greater burdens and heavier things that they were, that was loaded upon them and others had nothing. And I just, do you want me to explain what I felt God say or just tell oh, you the picture? Of course not. Okay. So I heard, <laughs> well, you said share the picture. I didn't know if I'm supposed to keep going. So, <laughs> so God, See, I heard, when you listen to me or Kirsten, you should have hope. That God can use anybody. Yes, because we are all mules. So I heard God say this morning, 
and for the rest of the journey. We are to be those who evenly distribute our burdens. We want to give each other and help each other carry burdens. That we're not supposed to be overwhelmed with a burden and have the person behind us carrying nothing. That it's our role, our responsibility to make sure that the load is evenly distributed between the community. And that if we feel like we have too much to carry, we cannot let pride in, we cannot let um, self hatred or denial or insecurity or whatever it might be, keep us from passing the burden and asking for someone to help us carry the burden. Right on. Thank you, Kirsten. It's good stuff. Now, I know, that, I know that relationships are tough and they hurt and they're difficult. That's just because we're broken people. We're the fallen human race. Um, and so I think we'll be doing a relationship series uh, maybe soon. Uh, I had some, some great points here, I think, about... Um, those kind of relationships, but I'm not going to dive into that today because we would get stuck there. Uh, I want to I want to move into this this broader concept of how we are designed by God, by God, to need one another, and that if we can become interdependent through giving and receiving help, our worlds expand exponentially, and our success and fruitfulness is immeasurable. The more people that you can have in your life that you're receiving help from, the greater life you're going to live. And the more people that you can offer help to that will say yes. Don't you hate it when people say no and you want to help them? See how it feels? The more that you can help others, the greater significance you have in this life. Because it's all about loving God and loving one another. Jesus saves you not only to belong to him but to his body. You see, the baseline truth is we all need one another. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has developed the most dynamic, the most resourceful, the most powerful, the most compassionate, the most creative entity on this planet. It's called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. You know, you watch Jesus and you see how he goes around and cleanses lepers and raises the dead and the wisdom that comes out of him and the way that he helps people. Well, guess what? Once he rose from the dead, he said, okay, now I'm the head of the church, but you are my body. What does a body do? A body walks, right? Just like that. The body touches people. The body gives to people, right? The body is the thing that mobilizes. We are the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. And he flows all of his resources, his wisdom, his love, his compassion, his power through his body. The body of Christ is the most unique organism on the planet. And it is limitless when we are interdependent, connected to him and connected to one another. So the Apostle Paul brings this out beautifully in 1 Corinthians. He's writing to a church called the, uh, called the Corinthians. It's in the city of Corinth. It was very much like San Diego, a seaport town and a... a city of uh, commerce, had the same kind of sins, the same kind of strengths and weaknesses. Uh, it's a very interesting study, but he writes back to the Corinthian church, who was a very independent culture, and he's trying to explain to them how Jesus has designed the local church to work. Let's pick this up in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading, uh, starting in verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. In verse 12, it says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, whether black and white, rich or poor. I put that in there. And have all been made to drink of one spirit. For in, the, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were, he, if the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God has set the members, but now God has set the members. I'm going to say it again. But now God has set the members, that's you and me, each of one of them in the body, just as he. Please, let's stop there for a moment. Jesus here, 
Paul, speaking by the inspiration of Christ, is not talking about what's known as the global church. That would make no sense whatsoever. When people say this, well, I'm part of the global church. Well, that's wonderful. So can you name the global church, like by name, people? Well, for Paul to write this letter to the global church would make no sense. Like, I'm part of the global human family, and so are you. And Ramona, though, my wife always wanted to move to a small town because she was raised in a small town. I thought, I don't want to live in a small town. It's just small, right? I I like, I like people. Like lots of people. I just like being with people. I just love the people person. I, but so we, Jesus moves us to Ramona because he loves my wife more than I. That was the day I realized he loved her more than me was when he did something supernatural. We end up in Ramona. In Ramona. I've come to love it. You're driving down the street. Well, actually, yesterday I'm on my uh, lawnmower, my riding lawnmower, and I'm riding down. Montecito, like a main thoroughfare. I'm riding down the street with my sun hat on, right? Because I got to go cut some grass in this backfield with my dog, and I like to walk, but the grass has gotten too tall. I mean, you can do that at Ramona. I'm in a main thoroughfare. I'm on my little garden tractor. Cars go by, and everybody does this. Just do that with me. Just go like this. Everybody does that. You're walking down the street. You see a complete stranger, and everybody does this. You come down the hill and they do something else. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, you know it is. Everybody waves at each other. Why? Even though we may not know each other personally, we're all from the same small town. There's a feel of ownership. We are one of another. I'm part of the human family, but I'm not waving to people in China. I'm not doing this to people in Africa. If I did it, like what? I'll do it right now. Nobody in Africa knows I just did that. Because we're not connected. So this letter is not written to the global church. The word church is used 104 times in the New Testament. 98 times is talking about an immediate local body of believers. That's the only way your Christianity works. People that say... Well, I don't need to be part of a local church. I don't, I don't believe in organized religion. There's a few things going on there. One, I've been hurt. Two, uh, I just really don't believe I need it. Um, three, uh, maybe I don't like being controlled or being told what to do. I just kind of like want to float around and prophesy here and sing there and give my gift to the body of Christ wherever I feel led by the Holy Spirit. Well, let me tell you where the Holy Spirit's probably leading you to a local church. And I found this to be interesting. Let me get on my soapbox just for a moment. Cause I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir today. So just think about somebody who may be in this stuck in this place in their mind or in their heart. I have found that when, when people say the Lord is moving us on, sometimes he is. Absolutely. And it's happened in this church. And we bless you and really bless you and say, go with God. You've got to do God's will. I mean, we're not going to get in the way of God's will. But what I've found is interesting. Over 30 years of pastoring, I found probably, if I can make up a statistic, 90% of the time, somebody says God is moving us on. It's usually very close to an offense. I got offended. Somebody hurt my feelings, didn't appreciate me, or some kind of pride, or something comes up. So I've just found, I've seen this pattern. Something negative happens in a local body of believers, and it's not too long after that we feel God is moving us on. I just want to say God's probably asking you to reconcile, because that sounds more biblical to me than God is moving us on to another body where I will get offended again. Because the reality is you're going to be offended. I'm going to offend you, and you're probably going to offend me or someone else. You're going to offend each other. The question isn't if you're going to be offended. The question is what are you going to do with the offense? That's a character issue. That's a loving one another like Christ loved us issue. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. You get to say amen because you're not those people I'm talking about. All right. But if you have somebody in your mind... And what this will also do is solidify in your mind and in your heart how critically important being part of a local body is. 
Because when somebody says, I don't need organized religion, well, you've just, you just got smarter than Jesus. Because Jesus designed the local body. He designed the church. So Jesus thinks that's incredibly important. For those of you that are coming here from another church, I don't know what the issues were. I just really hope that it was God that moved you on. If not, you're bringing baggage with you and you're depositing it into this body. And we have sozo ministers. We have counselors. You can get into a small group. You can talk. You just got to get that stuff processed out. I would hope you can maybe possibly to your former pastor or someone to say, at least reconnect and say, hey, you know, let's be Christians here. Will you forgive me or whatever you have to do with that or however you got to clean it up. Um, we just hope that you uh, are able to do that. Or if nothing else, start fresh and just say, if it doesn't go well here uh, for some reason, I'm just going to plant my feet and I'm going to forgive and I'm going to learn how to operate in a local body of believers the way Jesus wants me to. And today we're having a membership class, so it's a good day to start. All right. The church is weaker without you, and you are weaker without the church. But the opposite is true. The church is stronger with you, and you are stronger with the church. This whole day is about the people being belonging to the people of God. Look what 1 Corinthians 12.7 says. 1 Corinthians 12.7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, that's you guys and me, for the profit of yourself. Who's the the gift God's given to you? Who's it for? Yourself or the global church? It's got to be one or the other. Either it's for you alone or it's for the people you'll never meet. Or maybe there's a third option. (laughs) Ramona. GPC. Your peeps. Everybody go like this. Everybody go like this. But turn to the person next to you and go like this. All right. Here we are. No, but okay, look at this. First, first Peter 4.10. Look at this scripture. As each one has received a gift, minister it to yourself as a good steward of the manifold grace of God. Is that what that says? Let's read this out loud together. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Nobody can replace you. Nobody can replace you. Nobody can replace you. Somebody else may have the same gift you have of teaching or leading or serving or or singing, but nobody can do it like you. Jesus made one you, and we need you. We need you to be you here. It'd be like in my home. You know, all three of my daughters sing. And I could imagine like Ava singing. And I'd say, hey, Ava, hey, Ava. No, we don't, we don't need you. Bella sang earlier. We have a singer in the family. That would be ridiculous, right? I mean, I sit on my couch and Bella gets on the piano and sings. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like an angel. And then I hear Lily upstairs and she's on the keyboard and she's singing. I'm like, oh my, completely different voice, a different style, a different feel. And the father's like, oh, that's my girl. And then Ava comes down and gets on the piano and she's learning right now. She's learning, you know, isn't she lovely, right? And she's singing it and the way she sings it. And Bella sings the same song. If Bella come down and play, you know, isn't she wonderful? And they sing completely different, the same song, and I want to hear each one of them. I sit on the couch, I'm like, oh, my girls, that's Ava. I love her. That's Bella. I love. What do you think the father thinks when you say, well, they don't need me to sing. They don't need me to write. They don't need me to lead. They don't need me to serve because they've got Josh, because they've got Mark, because they have Rick. They have this person, that person. No, the father wants to hear you and see you. The way he made you with the gift he gave you to benefit us. Yay. Right, Christopher? Are you sleeping or are you guys doing that mind melt thing? Okay, you're looking at your you're looking at your phone. Taking notes. Okay, all right. Remember when we used to sit and put our heads together in church? You don't? Oh. Okay, back to 1 Corinthians 
Let's keep reading from where we left off, Mike. Do you remember where we left off? Uh, we left off in verse 18. Okay, but now God has said the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. I think a few examples here. Um, I know you weren't expecting this, Jerry. Would you come up here real quick, Jerry? Jerry has been been doing, I'm going to get some practical examples here in the next few minutes we have. Jerry has been doing a mammoth overhaul, remodeling of a, he bought his sister's house and, and Stephanie, who's our missions leader and his two children, little guys that, that uh, guy and a gal in their house. And he is like, he's popped out of the band for, I don't know how long, because you're so busy doing your house by yourself. Everybody say boo. Okay. So listen to this. What happened just recently, Jerry? What are you referring to? You know what I'm referring to. Shut up. Um, okay, see that man back there with the bald head and the red shirt? Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I see remember, yeah. see uh, the drummer, the guy who was drumming earlier? Yeah, that the, guy. Are they? Do you know? Can you, like, do that now more than ever? Explain what happened. I used to hang out in Ramona. I have uncles up there. Okay, so what happened? Uh, so, okay, so I'm doing this house project, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work. Um, uh, so I've been putting a, a, a prayer email out to worship team and some other people just to, cause we, we need each other, right? We need prayer at the very least we need prayer, Yeah. not to diminish that. Right. But, right. Um, and so I just try to keep updating people what's going on. We got an inspection coming up and this and that. And, um, a couple guys responded and said, Hey, we want to come and help. And so... Um, you know, a lot of my work is like an hour Monday morning I work and then I go teach or whatever. And so it's hard to organize or schedule people to come over to help. But a couple guys, Rick and Will, said, hey, we're coming over Saturday to help you. And I went, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to do? I guess i got to figure out what we're going to do. Of course, i got a million things to do that I'm going to do eventually. Um, But I just kind of wrote out a list. Well... Uh, Rick has these skills, and uh, so I made a little thing. Okay, I need this done, I need this done, and this done. Will, I know he has certain skills, so I made a list of things that he could do and things that I have to do and whatever. So, anyways, they showed up, and, man, we had a great hangout. Yeah. Forget the work. Who cares about the work? I mean, we, it was like a, a men's group. I mean, That's one of the reasons <laughs> it's been taking you so long, man. <laughs> They're going through winter and they they don't have a heating. They, I mean, they're they're like down to, to to bones. They they literally tore it apart and they're down to the studs. And they've got a couple little children and the wife. And she, I'm sure, she was like, "Would you guys shut up and get the drywall up?" So we we got to work and and we just accomplished all these points. And everything takes a lot of time. So yeah. this little thing, I thought, oh no, I'll just do that myself. It, it all takes time. So there was a, even some small things. Uh, I can't think of. What's one thing I had you do, Rick, that was just like. The, the what? Steel plates. You, you had to put little steel plates to, to protect the pipes, you know, from thing. And one, I had to get a little rust off and paint it, you know, so it won't rust. I'm going to expedite this. So these guys came down and they rocked your world. Yeah. Stephanie, I heard, treated them like they were the second coming of Christ. <laughs> She was very grateful. She was yeah, yeah. so grateful. And, 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 and so Jerry emails afterwards. He said, I have come to understand how important Christian community is to our Christian faith and how you have to ask for help. Amen. 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 Eric and Jasmine, why don't you guys come up? I was meeting with Eric and Jasmine this week. They asked if we could meet to talk about uh, a, a couple things. And they started talking about uh, how much... This body has literally changed their lives. So I said, I'm going to give you a minute and a half to share on Sunday morning. And okay. here they go. Let's welcome I, I, Eric and Jasmine. Thank you, guys. I must have misunderstood because I got nine minutes. That's what we picked up. So, Mike, if you could put on the overhead, James chapter 4, all 17 verses. And, Josh, if you don't mind playing like a Joe Satriani type of melodic Holy Spirit background. 
Um, no, I'm timing. I'm starting it right now. I'm timing. No, I'm no, timing. you already used 20 okay, seconds. Okay, 20 seconds right there. Um, you know what I'm grateful for? We all have John's cell number now. You guys realize that? John's what? We all have your cell number now. Uh. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Now we're um, more connected than I ever wanted to be. Uh, five years ago, as a family, we had just finished reading the Bible together. We were worshiping together. We were standing on God's promises, praying a lot together. But we didn't have a body to share that with. And in 2012, we were church hunting, and we came upon this church. I know God sent us here. And we had never experienced anything like that. The worship was fantastic. Um, I saw John with his kids hanging off each leg at a Bible study before the church, uh, the service had started. And I was like, okay, this, there's something special about this place. So we started going, and, and you encouraged us to get to a connect group. And um, we got in this connect group, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is awkward. Uh, but we just started pouring our hearts out, and it was a tough time of our lives. And uh, so many friends bless us financially. I won't name you guys because it, it would take too long, and I'd get kicked off. The hook pulled on me. Um, so one family actually ignited my personal training business. Their son gave the shoes off of his feet when I was going to an interview. I didn't even have money for the right shoes for the interview. And I went into the interview, got the job, and much better jobs. Um, our daughters wanted to go to Carnegie Hall. They got picked to go and sing in Carnegie Hall, which is a big deal, yeah, and we couldn't afford it, and they're just like, they sat in a car, and they're like, we can't do it, I'm, it was, it stinks as a parent when you say, oh, I'm glad you got that talent, but sorry, you can't go, and a couple took us out to lunch, and they gave us a check for a lot of money, and it covered the cost of that, um, we, uh, sorry, just have one page more, John, and almost done, um, <laughs> We just have so many stories. We can't tell them all. I, I mean, we literally don't have time to tell them all, but we are so grateful to you guys. But more importantly, we're grateful to God. We can't believe how much he works in this church. It's amazing. Um, I go to a Saturday prayer meeting with uh, Les, and since I've been in that group, um, there has been miracle after miracle after miracle. Wouldn't you agree? Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, see that? Right. Just watch and yeah, learn. Yeah. Just watch and learn. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Um, anyways, uh, I mean, five cars have give, been given to us. Five of our friends have accepted Jesus into the heart of this church. Um, I, five this, cars have been given to five you? Five cars. We have three cars right now that have been given to us, and we've had two before that. I don't know if anybody's seen the 72 Nova that I was driving for a while that was given to us. Um, and we, I gave it back to the guy. That, uh, just, It's like, I don't know, it's just this cool circle that's going on. And uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up, but I just want to say that I've had a chance to volunteer here, which has been huge. So has Jasmine. I've seen my daughter Delilah work with the kids. I've been up on stage with my daughter singing, worshiping the Lord together. My son Jojo, we drive the truck together and have the best memories of that. I don't know if you've ever had Jasmine's cooking, but that's how she likes to. Yeah. Um, so we, we like to give back, and, and we've been so blessed. It's not even, it, you could never compare the two of how much we've been blessed back by you guys. So if you don't mind, can I just pray real quick? Okay. Lord, I just pray that you I'll bless. Like the real quick part. Okay. Here we go. Lord, I just pray that you bless everyone in here that is given to us and everybody in Thank here. Thank you, Jesus. The volunteers, the leadership, everything. I pray a hundredfold blessing on everybody in here in your name. Amen. Amen. You did very good. Because real life testimonies beat preaching every time. Uh, I'm going to give a couple of examples real quick of how the body's working together around here. Rick Higgins. He comes to me one day and says, I want to start doing man showers. I said, well, I'm not, I'm not, whatever that, I said, whatever that is, I'm not coming. He oversees our men's ministry here. And I said, before I sanction this, you need to explain what the heck that is. He said, these women are going to have babies and all the ladies get together and they get showered with gifts. What about the guy? He said, I want to do a man shower. I said, oh, okay, we could do that. How many of you have benefited from the man showers here? Raise your hand. Look at this. Bam, 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 bam. Look at you, Rick. Look what you did, man. So here's what he does. He says, okay, we're going to do a man shower, and everybody brings diapers 
and stuff like that. So these guys will never have to buy that kind of stuff like another, like the whole first year of their, the birth of the child. And I mean, it is, it is, it happens. It is so awesome. So Rick has created a way for the body to be able to resource itself. And that is just, that is just huge. That's a great job. Um, I remember uh, last week I had to give Michelle uh, Hoyt a shout out here. We we're talking about the Goss family just had a baby. And then so Phil and Christina Williams have a family needs connection ministry here at the church. And that is when there's a need of somebody needs to move or somebody's had a baby or whatever else. He sends out an email and then uh, you can get on the email and there's a calendar when you can drop food off at somebody's house. And so I was bragging last week or the week before about how I was the first one to sign up on a Wednesday to take a meal to the Gosses. After church, Michelle Hoyt came up to me and she said, I just want you to know that I went there on Monday. <laughs> and I said, well, Monday wasn't on the calendar, so that doesn't count. So what I what I like, what I but. But I tell that story to say what I love is when there when a when a fam, when a local body of believer there's so much love going on that you're fighting over who's first to show love to another family member. Isn't that great? Um, and then you get things like uh, I'm going to give another testimony here real quick, and then we're going to we're going to uh, come to a, a quick close. You know, we're talking about the gifts that you share with one another in the body of Christ. What a tremendous testimony from Les Meredith, who's not here today. Les and Donette are taking a little vacation this weekend. But Les is at another church recently because there was a seminar on how to hear the voice of God. He posted this on Facebook, and I talked to him about it. He said that uh, I wanted to go hear what they're teaching because that's the same thing we teach. I want to learn how they're teaching it. And he said while he was there, there's somebody that needed prayer. You know, like sometimes we say we need prayer, stand up. And so he's laying hands on somebody, and God gives him a picture of a black dog named Toby. And um, he's like, well, that's weird. So he didn't say anything. Afterwards, he sees, it's after the minute, he sees the guy sitting in a chair, kind of depressed. And he walks up to him and he says, I have, I, you know, I just wanted to share something with you. He said, God gave me a word, uh, a picture when I was praying for you of a black dog, of a black dog. You, you know, he says, oh my gosh. He said, yeah, my, my black dog just died. And I feel like I feel abandoned by God. He was raised Catholic. He, 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 was, he didn't feel connected to God. This is the first time in a Christian church, and he didn't really know what, what to expect or experience. And this rocked his world. And, and, then, and, and uh, then Les says, and I got the name Toby. He jumped up out of his chair and says, oh, my gosh, that's my other dog. He was so overwhelmed that God so cares about every individual. That he gives him a picture of the dog that just died and the name of his other dog. That's the body of Christ. That's God flowing through a gift called prophecy or a word of knowledge to benefit one person on the planet who's depressed and discouraged and feels like God doesn't see them or know them. How awesome is that? That's the body of Christ. You can't live without the body, and the body can't live without you. Jesus died for individuals, but he is coming back for the church. I'll say it again. Jesus died for individuals, but he's coming back for the church. Look at verse 27. Somebody will say, well, my church is with me and my wife and my kids at home or I'm on the beach or whatever. Well, let's keep reading that, this passage. And if one, member, uh, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed, okay, ready? God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Everybody say apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Fourth, after that, miracles. Then, say it out loud, gifts of healings. Then, helps. Then, administrations. Then, variety of tongues. Okay, so where are all those gifts in your, quote, church? I'm not saying you because you're here. But in the concept of, well, my church is, you know, I don't have, I don't, I'm not part of organized religion. Or my church is going to the beach and surfing. Or my church is just me and my few friends. Whenever you get together with another believer, that's the church. No, it's not. That's just getting together with another believer. And Jesus is there with you, and that's wonderful. But where's the apostle? Where's the prophet? Where's the gift of administrations? Where's the various tongues? Where is the gift of helps? 
where's the working of miracles, right? You see all the gifts he just said? That, that, that is in context of a local body of believers, and that is an outpost of the kingdom of God in every city covering the planet. So believers who are not connected to a local body are weakening the church, and they are weakened as a believer. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> to be on Jesus' page, we're coming to a closer, to be on Jesus' page and to contribute what Jesus has called you to be and do, you must change your me to we. He is not coming back for you. He's coming back for us. I'm going to close with that. Well, actually, here's my second close. I want to close with this. I know church can be hard. I know there can be pain. I know there can be difficulties. I know we can hurt one another. I know you can feel lost in the crowd sometimes. I get that. But like one of the husbands here said to his wife in one of our marriage small groups, he turned to his wife and said, You're all I've got to work with. (laughs) So let's make the most of it. What an inspiring speech from a husband to a wife. But it's true. I'm what you've got to work with as a pastor. You're what... I've got to work with as a congregation. We are what we've got to work with with one another. Like Hope and I said, when we were, before we got married, people were telling us, you know, newlyweds, all they would say is, oh, marriage is so hard. Oh, marriage is so hard. Oh, marriage is so hard. We decided to quit hanging out with married people because it was discouraging us about getting married. And what we decided was, look, let's make, let's decide we're going to make our marriage what we want our marriage to be. And we got married, and it was hard. (laughs) But in the midst of the hard, we realized we're all we've got to work with. So we make our marriage what it is. You and I are all we've got to work with at the Gathering Place Church. And I want to say that we make this what it is. It's your compassion, your sacrifice, your giving, your praying, your forgiving, your inviting others to attend, your gifts that are being administered into this place. That is what makes the gathering place the gathering place. Each one of you have been given a gift by God for the benefit of all the rest of us. So let's use our gifts for the benefit of one another, and make the gathering place what we and what Jesus wants it to be in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. So let's all stand. And I'm going to ask, as we close this morning, and we've got a membership class after this church service, we have 15 new people coming to join our church this afternoon. Isn't that awesome? As we, as we close today... I want us I want us to let me say it this way. Jesus wants you and I to value his church to the level he does. And that would be this place. The gathering place isn't the only local church in the world, but it's our local church. This is our church. This is our Ramona. Turn to the person next to you, do this. Come on. There you go. Just wave as you go by. This is our place. What I want us to do right here and right now, because we are in a wonderful season, and this is an important day of us understanding how valuable our church is. I want to ask right now in this moment, if you can just cut the cord with all the stuff from the past. Maybe with people in this house. Maybe people in another church. Just let it go. Say, I don't, want to, I don't want to pollute this place with my stuff. 
Just right now, as I'm saying this, just close your eyes and get along with the Holy Spirit just for a moment. We only have a couple minutes here, but the Holy Spirit can do a quick work. Just say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. And I forgive those who have hurt me or didn't see me or didn't appreciate me or whatever it is. Just say, God, Jesus, forgive me. I'm getting in the way. My stuff's getting in the way. Forgive. Just let it go. Just let it go. Maybe some of you here today just have not really prioritized the local church. It's just been a place you come every once in a while. Or maybe it is what I can get out of it. So you just kind of like come to suck the life out of this place rather than giving to it. A marriage doesn't work that way. Neither does a spiritual community. Repent right now to the Lord. Would you just say, Lord, forgive me. You've called me here. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. And I'm going to serve my brothers and sisters. I'm going to make this church better. By being who you called me to be and doing what you called me to do. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Is that a good sermon? Does that work? I think it's I think it's like probably the best one I've ever preached before. Um, I want to ask the prayer teams to come down. One of the dynamics of a spiritual community is the supernatural power of prayer. Jesus said, "Where two or more agree in prayer concerning anything, my Father in heaven will do it." That's from a cold to cancer. So we don't bat a thousand, but we get up to the plate and we just keep swinging. Every once in a while, you get a single. Sometimes you get a double. Sometimes you can steal a base. So if you need prayer, come down front and the prayer team is going to be down here to pray with you and to believe God with you. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to say to you, he's ready to forgive you for your sins. And if you come down front, these prayer teams will pray with you and they will lead you to Jesus. Jesus will cleanse you of your sins, fill you with his spirit, and you're going to walk out of here with hope that you've never known before. And for those of you that are coming to the membership class, lunch starts at 1230. And I will see you there. God bless you.